Our scripture today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, as we continue in our series, Family Matters. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil, and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and anyone who meets me may kill me. And the Lord said to him, Not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who came upon him would kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord, and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are few things in life more wonderful and amazing than the birth of a child. It never ceases to amaze me how a baby can hypnotize an entire room full of people for hours on end, even while sound asleep. And while all children are born with a powerful self-centeredness, Surely this constant attention while we, we were young only contributes to our belief that the world does indeed revolve around us, something we all have to learn to overcome as we grow older. Of course, every firstborn child always has that very special time in their lives where they truly are the center of their parents' universe. They get all the attention, all the adoration, all the time. And certainly there are some people who spend the rest of their lives thinking that they are the center of the universe. And you know who you are. <laughs> Actually, no, you don't. Everyone else knows who you are. Well, in many families, there comes that fateful day, you know, when the invasion takes place. When that screaming, smelly alien breaks into your home, disrupting the way things are, stealing away mommy's and daddy's attention, and causing us to question our place in the universe. 
And from that moment on, the competition begins. And so most of us go through life vying with our siblings for our parents' affection and affirmation. In fact, some of us spend the rest of our lives trying to get the affirmation and affection we did not get enough of when we were young. This is why our, our competition is not limited to our families. Now, we compete in just about everything, constantly comparing ourselves to other people, trying to outdo them. As one author writes, put any group of strangers together and they will exhibit subtle and not so subtle ways of gauging who is the prettier, stronger, wealthier, more powerful. If there were only two people left in the world, they would compare belly buttons and the innie would, would declare himself superior to the outie. Which everybody already knows. Well, in our story this morning, we find ourselves with only two people in the world, Adam and Eve. If you recall from last Sunday, after having eaten the fruit from the forbidden tree, they were banished from the Garden of Eden, and they were forced to labor at the now cursed ground in order to get food. But then one day, they had a baby and they named him Cain, and I am sure that he was the apple of his parents' eye and the center of their universe. But then a day came where they had another child whom they named Cain, and I am sure that those boys competed fiercely for their parents' attention and approval. And this is, this is how most of us learn to, to get these things in life. We often assume that we also have to compete for God's attention and approval as well. So one day, Cain and Abel take an offering and present it to the Lord. Cain, who was a farmer, brought uh, fruit from the soil to offer God, while Abel, the shepherd, brought an offering from his flock. And the text tells us that God had regard for Abel's offering, but for Cain's offering, God had no regard and the text does not tell us why. Certainly, people have loved to speculate why. Is it because Abel brought a tithe and Cain did not? Is it because Abel brought a sacrificial offering while Cain just gave a, a token offering? We don't know. I don't think it's because Abel's offering was better, per se. After all, I'm pretty sure Cain was not out, about to be outdone by baby brother. Maybe, maybe God was just in the mood for some good barbecue that day. We don't know. The Bible is not interested in this question. All we do know is that God did not respond to Cain the way that Cain had hoped or expected. And we know about this, don't we? And surely all of us have had the experience of, of not receiving from God what we had hoped or expected. All of us have, have asked God earnestly for something good that we have not received. A job, a relationship, a baby, a healing. 
while other people have received those things. And we don't know why that is. Certainly not because they made a better offering. And the truth is, the Bible does not answer all of our questions or explain why God does everything God does. After all, the Creator is not under our control and He is not accountable to His creatures. What the Bible is concerned with is how we choose to respond to this uncontrollable God who does not always give us everything we want and whom we do not always understand. Cain responded by becoming very angry and his, his countenance fell. And I can bet you I know exactly what Cain said next. Do you remember those three little words that we all know far too well, especially our children? It's not fair. And it's true, right? Life is not fair. I mean, we've all seen it time and again, haven't we? I mean, two people have equal qualifications and one gets consistent work while the other can't seem to find a decent job. One person takes incredible care of his health and his body and yet still gets a terrible disease while another person breaks all the rules and never seems to get sick. Some very unpleasant people seem to have no trouble finding relationships while some of the most wonderful people we know are still alone. Some of us are, are born into a life of privilege where it's almost impossible to fail while others are born into a life of deep poverty where they have little chance of ever getting out. Some people like Abel live a charmed life and everything seems to go their way while others like Cain can't seem to get a break. Life is not fair and we don't know why that is. And that's difficult for some of us to accept. Certainly Cain could not accept it. And when his sibling rival received God's regard and he did not, he became furious. And God calls out to him saying, why are you so angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, Sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you. But you must master it. You know, so often we think in life when God does not give us what we ask for or do what we expect, we assume that we've been rejected or abandoned by God. But clearly that's not the case here. And God still cares deeply for Cain and wants what is best for him. God wants Cain to do well, though what exactly that means is also not explained here. Cain seemed to think that, that doing well meant working hard and following all the rules so you can get what you deserve in life. Much like the elder brother of the prodigal son. But maybe... Maybe doing well means learning to live with gratitude and humility in an unfair world where we do not get everything we want from the God we do not always understand. 
Maybe doing well means learning that the last thing any of us should want when it comes to God is what we deserve. Now God warned Cain about the dangers of letting his disappointment and anger take control. For sin is lurking at the door. Sin is like a, a wild animal prowling hungrily outside the doors of our heart, just waiting for an opportunity to drag us away from God and devour us. This is what our sin does, remember. It, it separates us from God, the source of life. I mean, this is, this is when we're most tempted in life to, to separate ourselves from God, isn't it? When, when we're disappointed by God and he's not given us what we want, but, but we still have the freedom to choose how we will respond. Cain chose to respond by becoming angry, allowing sin to charge right through the front door. And sin always does its worst damage in our relationships, especially our families. And so Cain invites his sibling rival to go out into the field with him. And then Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. But notice, Cain's conflict was never really with Abel, was it? No, the one that Cain is, is really upset and angry with is God. But since most of us are uncomfortable, even afraid of, of taking our anger out on God, we, we often rise up against our neighbor instead. This is true for much of the conflict in our lives, especially in our families, but also in our, 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 our jobs and even, even at church. We're upset because God has not given us what we want in life, because things have not gone the way that, that we wanted or expected them to, because we've not gotten what we think we deserve in life. And so we take out our anger on someone less threatening, like an employee or a spouse, or a child, or the checkout lady, or someone at church, even the pastor. I mean, you know how the story goes. The boss yells at the mom, mom comes home, fusses at the dad, dad yells at the kid, kid kicks the dog, the dog bites the cat, the cat acts like a cat. <laughs> we simply redirect our anger and our hurt onto an easier target, which is often the people we care about the most, right? And then like Cain and, and his parents before him, we try to bury our sin and cover up our guilt with excuses and blame and a refusal to accept responsibility for our actions. When God calls out to Cain saying, where is your brother? Cain responds by in effect saying, how the heck should I know? Am I my brother's keeper? Isn't that your job, God? Have you lost another one of your creatures? 
God says, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the soil for our buried sin never stays buried for long. And because of his sin, Cain is now cursed from the ground where he tried to bury it so that it will no longer provide for him. And he is sentenced to wander the earth in exile. You see, our sin doesn't just separate us from God. It also separates us from all those we love. And as long as we allow our anger and our disappointment with God to bleed into those other relationships, it will continue to result in death. Death to those relationships. Death to our self-respect. Death to the possibility of doing well. Of course... We often don't recognize the source of our discontent in life. We just find a convenient target to take it out on. But this is precisely what this text is challenging us on. While it does not try to explain God, it is interested in how we choose to respond to the mystery of God. And when God does not do what we hope or expect in life, we face some of the most important decisions we will ever make in our lives. And the primary place where we have the opportunity to choose either to do well or to let sin devour us is in our relationships with our brothers and sisters. And of course, since we are all children of the same Father, we are all brothers and sisters. We are family. Cain chose to take out his anger and disappointment on his brother, killing him and burying him in the ground. And ironically, he now fears for his life because he no longer has a brother to watch his back. And he cries out to God saying, my punishment is greater than I can bear. I will be a fugitive and wanderer on earth and anyone who meets me may kill me. And amazingly, God hears his cry and amends his sentence just as God did for Adam and Eve. As an act of sheer grace, God places a protective mark on Cain so that no one would kill him even though death is what he deserved. It's what we all deserve. After all, all of us have wandered far from God and hurt so many others in our sin. And as the Apostle Paul tells us, the wages of sin is death. But God, God just refused to let death be the last word in our story. And because the punishment we deserve was greater than any of us could bear, God chose to bear it for us. I mean, that's what the cross is all about. In Jesus Christ, God took on the consequences of our sin so that we might be free to do well, 
to love our neighbor, our brothers and sisters as ourselves, even when they get things that we don't. And to love the God we don't always understand with our whole heart and soul and mind and strength. And in our baptisms, Jesus has placed his protective mark on each one of us, claiming us as his own, naming all of us his little brothers and sisters. And so we no longer need to fear death because in his resurrection, Jesus has conquered death and opened up the gates of eternal life for us all. And Jesus has prepared a place for each one of us to belong so that we might not be fugitives and wanderers on the earth, but at home in the family of God. This is where we all belong, though none of us deserves it. So when it comes to God, the last thing any of us should want is fairness. It's certainly the last thing we need. No, what we need is forgiveness and compassion and mercy and love. And no one ever deserves those things. They are always and only a gift of grace. And it's precisely what we've been freely given in Jesus Christ. The truth is, none of us deserves all the wonderful things we've been given in life. Our families, our talents, our money, even our faith. It's all sheer grace from the God who loves us too much to abandon us to the consequences of our sin. And when you understand that, you begin to go through life with, with open hands and a gentler spirit as your life becomes marked by gratitude and humility rather than anger and conflict. Because in Jesus Christ, you have already been given far more than you could ever ask for or even imagine. And thank God, there's absolutely nothing fair about that.